0: There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports, whether it's on the gridiron. For
1: the insult, it's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. On the court. Edwards thinking three and popping a three.
0: On the ice. It's
1: us get Pacel with an
0: opening. Or on the diamond. Buxton hammers at the left field. Another Minnesota home run.
1: Whether it's positive. I think this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Or negative. He's terrible. Awful. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Whether there's optimism. Hey, they might be able to even make it to a conference final. Or pessimism. Don't expect me to be super excited. I mean, I don't know. Does this really do much for anybody?
0: There's always something to chat about.
1: Shout out to Minnesota Sports Chat. Keep on being elite. If
0: you're looking for fun, informative, discussion on all things minnesota sports you've
1: come to the right place this is minnesota sports chat and now here's your host ross Brendel. i don't remember what i was so worked up about for who was brutal and awful in that soundbite i think that might be matt shoemaker or j-hap could have been dylan bundy or chris archer i'm not positive but i think I think it was Matt Shoemaker. This is edition number 120 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Yeah, you know the drill by now. Award-winning, if only in my own mind. Welcome to all of those of you. Welcome to those of you that are listening in the Score North Taxi Squad feed. Welcome to the fun that is Minnesota Sports Chat and a big thank you to those who have subscribed on the Minnesota Sports Chat feed. Maybe you've rated and reviewed already. Thank you so much for that. If you've yet to do so, please do so. It's a great way for me to spread the word and get to the masses. Minnesota Sports Chat, you can rate and review on Apple and on Spotify. Today's guest is a returning guest, an Amazon best-selling author. He is the author of History of Heartbreak, 100 Events That Tortured Minnesota Sports Fans, and the brand-new book, A Slapshot in Time, The Wild But True History of the Minnesota Fighting Saints. He is none other than Dan Winnesota. Mr. Winnesota, welcome back to Minnesota Sports Chat.
0: Well, thanks for having me back. I must not have embarrassed myself enough the first time, huh?
1: No, you did just fine, <laughs> It's funny, though, the title of your first book, I guess, would it be subtitle, 100 Events That Tortured Minnesota Sports Fans? I don't know if you did that by design, but it actually kind of hurt to read that because I was starting to think back of some of the moments just in my life that have tortured me. But we we did talk about that book in this feed probably roughly a year ago, so you can scroll back and find that. I want to spend a good chunk of our time together. On your latest book, very new within, what, the last handful of days, this book on the Fighting Saints?
0: Yeah, we released last Thursday.
1: Okay, yeah, so there we go, within the last handful of days. And and again, Dan, I've only had a chance to skim it, thanks to you for giving me a copy to go through. I read a few chapters last night, and what I loved about going through the book last night, Dan, is the history that's in this book, and one thing that surprised me a little bit, was not just history of the Fighting Saints, but history of hockey in Minnesota. So I got to imagine that was pretty fun for you to go through that history, but I imagine you must have learned some stuff yourself as well.
0: Well, you know, it's I, it's always fun for me to go down these little rabbit holes and find as much little information and nuggets that I can. But, you know, part of this one was uh, not, so, not so much just the history of Minnesota hockey, but part of our claim here in this book is, you know, that – hockey organized hockey originated in St. Paul and St. Paul not having a major hockey team is kind of a big theme throughout um and we talk about how when the North Stars were formed at one point there was a little bit of a deal where um those St. Paul and Minneapolis groups had a struck a a bargain to uh, have that NHL team play at the St. Paul Auditorium and then eventually uh expand it. But when they presented that idea to the NHL board of governors, they were kind of like, yeah, no, we want a new arena. Um, So they went back out, took a recess, came back uh, in with the plans to build at, at Met center. And so St. Paul kind of got hosed out of that a little bit. Um, And three months after the North stars first season started, well, the civic center plans for the civic center were approved by the St. Paul city councils and all those things. And that kind of started this whole uh, pathway. So it's kind of more or less just kind of setting this up as St. Paul's story, as opposed to the other Minnesota teams that played across river, you know,
1: I think what's really interesting here, Dan is I think going back to the last time I talked to you on history of heartbreak, I think you brought up this same fact and I hadn't known that. So at the time you were doing the first book, was the seed already kind of planted in your head that this might be a second adventure, if you will, that you would tackle? Or did this just kind of come out of nowhere in recent memory? Because it's it's a little telling to me and kind of cool that that same fact that I I'm pretty sure you brought up to me the last time I interviewed you, you've been able to elaborate on this time around. So was it already spinning in your head to take this project on?
0: Actually, it wasn't. After the first book, I, I didn't want to write a second book. Um, uh, you got to remember, I'm, I'm you know, my family's from St. Paul and I'm an East Side kid. I know a lot of you guys are all West Side people. So, you know, we grew up with St. Paul Pioneer Press and we grew up with like going to, you know, pick up dad downtown St. Paul where he worked. So, I mean, that's just kind of my whole, whole background. But this project actually started uh, from a colleague of yours, um, Judd uh, Yeah. passed during the pandemic. We were all, uh, we were all looking for things to watch and Judd had posted something about the California seals, go, uh, California golden seals, uh, documentary on Apple. And I was like, man, I got to watch that. That sounds really good. And as I'm watching it and watching all this hockey history, because you remember the seals came in the league at the same time as the North stars did. Um, I'm like, why isn't there a North stars documentary? You know, being a North stars, fan growing up and loving the North stars and being heartbroken when they left. Um, I'm just like, why isn't there? And you know what, why don't I just make like, you know, my U- do- documentaries aren't, you know, like professional 30 for thirties or anything, but they're fun little amateur documentaries on YouTube. I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here all summer. Why don't I do this? Right. Well, you can't really tell the story of the North stars in the seventies without coming across the story of the WHA and the Saint, uh, the Minnesota fighting saints. And um, because they competed for players and they competed for fans and they competed for dollars and they were going head to head on certain nights and things like that. And just kind of stumbling. I mean, I guess I grew up hearing about them and knowing about them, but reading all these old stories, you're just like, Oh my goodness. They're just, this is, this is the wild West. These stories are amazing, you know, and they needed their own story because um, too many times when people tell their story, it's as well, here's this, hockey book about Minnesota and the North stars. Oh, and Oh, by the way, there was the fighting saints over here. And I actually had a publisher say that to me. He's like, let's do this whole hockey book. And I'm like, no, these guys need their own story. They need, their story needs to be told a separate from everything else.
1: Well, I love the, I don't even want to use the term footnote, but I love the spot in history that they hold. And it's fascinating to hear you talk about they were competing for players Think about how nuts that sounds in today's day and age, in any sport. We have the major professional sports here in this country, and there really isn't another league outside of, I guess, if you want to count the WWE and AEW that maybe compete for the same professional wrestlers. But right now, currently, the NHL, the NBA. correct? at live golf. Correct. And I was just going to get there, and that's a great point, too. That's that, That's about it. But the four, five major team sports, I guess, even if you want to count the MLS, they don't have that competition. So it's kind of fascinating for me to put myself in that time frame of, okay, am I supporting both teams or do I like one over the other? Yeah, you know, I just I find that part to me, uh, that's in a weird way. I wish I could be a part of that. Yeah, right. I guess the only current comparison now is if you. You know, you got a couple cities where you could pick your team, right? If you live in New York, maybe you're a Yankees or a Mets fan, Jets or Giants, Cubs or White Sox. I get that. But for the rest of us to have a competing team or a competing league, it's just it's incredible and fascinating to think about.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, they started it, the league, as uh, with the intention of merging because it was uh, started by the same people who started the ABA and they had successfully nego- negotiated that merger with with the NBA as well. So these guys started this as as with that with that goal in mind and they were throwing money around just like that live golf is right now. They were throwing money around to draw players uh, away from the NHL.
1: Here's one that I I saw last night, Dan and again, we're talking to Dan Winnesota. You can find him on Twitter at Minnesota. We are talking about a slapshot in time the wild but true history of the Minnesota Fighting Saints. you can find it on Amazon in print and in Kindle edition. I'm skimming through the book last night and one of the chapters that I read it came across a time in history. it's a particular I think it was mid 70s. Saint. Paul Mayor Larry Cohen Larry Cohen, excuse me he's in the crowd during one of the games and there's there's a bit of a melee that breaks out. And he says, my God, these guys are animals. One of the animals on that roster, by the way, was future Minnesota wild head coach, Bruce Boudreau. So that alone is a great factoid, but what about the fighting saints led them to be called animals by a current sitting mayor?
0: So, you know, remind me to get back to the Boudreau thing. Cause I got a few things for you there, but, um, the the animals thing happened in Mankato, so this was like their I think their fourth season, and you know they were trying to get improved ticket sales in their finances, so they were uh, doing some of their exhibition games uh, more outstate instead of downtown St. Paul to kind of get a bigger fan base, and they went down to Mankato, <laughs> and they held an inner squad an uh, inner squad scrimmage with um, kind of their starters and their uh, their minor league team, the Johnstown Jets, um, which you know, became the Charlestown chiefs in the movie, but anyways, so they, they're holding this uh, scrimmage. And by the way, this is a fundraiser for youth hockey. Okay? <laughs> well, the whole melee starts with um, Steve Carlson, one of the uh, Carlson brothers uh, skated into the corner and ran into uh, Mike shaky Walton. They already called him shaky. Um, and Shaky's like the team's leading scorer. Um, you know, the, 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 he's the Kirill Kaprizov, so to speak, you know? Um, and they kind of get into it a little bit. And, um, Jack Carlson, who is Steve's brother and, and Jack is, Jack is a big dude. And he's, they, they, you know, say his hands were like meat hooks, you know, he skates (laughs) in to defend his brother and starts getting into it with Walton. And he says, listen, shaky, you don't, you don't want to do this. And, and Walton says, yeah, I do. And, and Jack's like, no, you don't. And he says, yeah, I do. So Jack laid one into him busted his nose. I think Walton described it as his nose was on the other side of his face. And this extreme brawl breaks out. Once they get that cleaned up, um, John Arbor, I think, took his stick and shoved it into Gary Gambucci's stomach. And then these two start going at it. And uh, uh, Arbor's ejected. And I'm not safe for work here, but uh, he (laughs) he flipped off the crowd on his way out um this again this is a home crowd right and this whole thing was a fundraiser for youth hockey and that's what the mayor was watching this and just going whoa what is going on here
1: I that that to me is incredible I mentioned WWE and AEW that sounds like something you might see if you're watching like Monday Night Raw or Friday Night Smackdown Dan how many different people how many different interviews did you conduct for this project? I I know I saw you tweeting often about people that you were talking to. This had to take a lot of different interviews and people, but also just the time involved in something like this.
0: Um. Yeah, honestly, I didn't conduct that many because a few of the players, I think, because I'm not media like you guys. I'm just the seventh grade science teacher. So I think sometimes they're afraid to like, who's this guy, right? Um, I talked with uh, Lefty Curran, who was the uh, the goalie for the team, and he's he's just a blast. He's uh, like I, I he, he calls me during the day when I'm teaching to tell me stories, and it's just it's, it's we have a really great relationship. Um, I love that. I talked with the PR guy Mike Lamy, who was sitting on all the team's photos, original photos, and the franchise certificate, and some other team personnel. Uh, a couple of the players uh, were willing to talk to me on Twitter a little bit. Um, um, Steve Carlson, I conversed with a little bit off, uh, kind of in messages, and he kind of he he gave me some information specifically about that Mankato thing, and um, um, just a couple other players offline. Not not too many though.
1: I want to talk a little bit. Uh, spend hopefully a little bit of time here on the Slapshot connection, just about how Slapshot came to be, and it's kind of funny that. There are actually still a good amount of people, I think, in this great state of Minnesota that don't really know that there's any sort of connection until they maybe watch the movie for the first time. Like, it takes some explaining to to the novice. Uh, but uh, uh, this is another—Minnesota has an interesting— Part in theatrical movie sports history when you talk about all that's been done here, and I know I'll miss a few and this will show my age, but you had the three Mighty Ducks movies, Little Big League, uh, Major League Three, which was a farce, I think, was, was partially here. Uh, slapshot I know I'm well I guess miracle too that was a true story but obviously right, there's right. there's the miracle connection and I, and I know I'm missing more but perhaps the very first one in the most iconic Minnesota sports movie and maybe you'll correct me if I'm wrong would be slapshot
0: yeah just off the top of my head though I, there was I think there was one called ice castles that was filmed at Met Center I'm sure it was terrible I've never seen it but just just throwing that. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, the Johnstown jets were the St. Paul or the, sorry, Minnesota fighting saints. Um, they're, they're minor league team. They were affiliated with us. So, and we had a lot of players that had two way contracts that would go down to Johnstown and then come back up. And, and here's the thing with those minor league teams in the seventies, those players had to be tough and they had to, they had to fight and they had to, um, they had to prove that they could handle that kind of thing because that was the blueprint for most NHL teams. The the Philadelphia broad street bullies had kind of set laid that, that blueprint down and, and, and all these players, they had to prove this. So this was, this was in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And um, all these things you've seen in that movie, they, they really happened in, in true events. Like there's one where uh, the, the Carlson brothers get arrested and um, they get taken out in handcuffs. And Harry Neal, the coach of the Fighting Saints, is there watching the team that night, and he has to go bail them out. Like, he has to <laughs> go get him out of jail after the game. But um, so um, they, they filmed it all at that arena. Um, you mentioned Bruce Boudreaux. Um, Bruce Boudreau was in the film as well. A lot of the players were in the film. Boudreaux played like a, um, uh, an opposing player, the Hyannisport team. I think they were green and yellow. Um, He's pretty easy to spot in the movie. Um, His apartment played a big role in the film. Apparently, according to him, um, the director came up to him and said, all right, I need a rundown, just ragged, you know, rat infested apartment. Which one of you guys has the worst place to live? Um, Because they needed a place to shoot uh, Reg Dunlop's house where he lived, right? You know, uh, 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 Paul Newman's character. And apparently, according to Bruce, everybody on the team pointed at him. (laughs) So his apartment is that apartment that Reg Dunlop lives in in that scene or house. It may be a house, uh, but uh, that's that was Bruce Boudreaux's apartment.
1: You know, even going back, I mean, it's no you go all the way back into the 70s. It's it's no wonder you could see it back then. And you could see it now. Bruce Bougereau has not really changed. He's he's the he's the same. I mean, he, he's a character. I mean, he's yeah. he's one of the all time, uh, you know, not to, not to jump ship too much and talk Minnesota Wild, but one of the greatest disappointments of the Minnesota Wild not being able to go farther and do more is how much more. The novice in, in the state of Minnesota when it comes to hockey, but just in general throughout the country, could have opened up a bit more to Bruce Boudreaux would have been awesome because he's such a character. And it yeah. doesn't, doesn't surprise me one bit that he would have the nastiest apartment.
0: <laughs> I'm just glad he's landed on his feet because, you know, he's <laughs> the guy you root for. I mean, yeah, we've all seen the the uh, little memes of him on the Internet swearing and just you, you got to love a guy like that. You know, he's he's just seems like a lot of fun.
1: One thing that is in this book, well, not just one thing, there's many things, but one that jumped out to me immediately. You have fun facts throughout every chapter. And the fun facts are legitimately fun, just random things. It kind of reminded me of back in the day, if you remember pop up video on like VH1 or MTV. Oh, right. <laughs> I think it was VH1, but oh, I can't I remember. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. And it would just random things, and and I would literally read them and go, huh, that's cool. But what also, just for me, because I'm selfish and it's all about me, one thing that made me laugh is I do this with my family and friends a lot. I will literally just hear something that's funny and random, and I'll just text them and it'll say, fun fact. And then a day or two later, somebody on this group will reply and they'll say, fun fact, they found something else, right? So this jumped out to me in the book, but I really then wanted to know, how did you decide what goes in those fun fact blurbs? Because in my head, when I hear something, I have a fairly high bar for what gets sent as a fun fact text. So I'm just wondering on your end, what met the qualifications for fun facts to live in book glory from here until the end of time?
0: Well, I'd like to claim genius, but it's actually a reflection on my poor writing skills um, I'm I'm not a writer. I'm I'm a researcher, and you know it. It takes a good editor to shape what I put out there. And um, some of these things I had, and they're trying to force them into the story—a square peg in a round hole—and it really didn't fit. So my editor, Jesse Pierce, who is amazing, uh, said, you know, maybe we do something with little pull out facts and just kind of, you know, make a little break and put these little facts in there. And that way you can still. And it's genius. It's absolute genius. Um, And it was totally her idea. So
1: shameless plug. I'm looking forward to working with Jesse a few times a week on a new Purple Daily podcast venture before we die. So I'm looking forward to that starting next week in the Purple Daily podcast feeds Okay, uh, you're going to get this question. You're probably going to tell me there is no project, but I-, I got a feeling at some point I'll be talking to you about another book. I don't know what that's going to be, but maybe you do. Do you have anything anything in your mind, anything that you might want to explore? Because history of heartbreak, I, I loved it because, well, one, I love pain, but two, it- it's just kind of fun to go through and, well, fun's not the right word. I don't even know if fun's the right word, but it's cool to go through and look at all the things that have caused us pain because it's gonna mean that much more when eventually the twins, wild wolves, vikings, or even uh loons win a championship. Hopefully a couple of them. Once we get one, they'll come in waves, right. Mr. Minnesota. That's that's that that's my <laughs> oh, thought. That? And I just said we, I don't play for any of the teams, but you know what I mean. No, I don't. Long story short what's next is there a project you want to tackle is there another book you've you've kind of established yourself now not many people could walk around and introduce themselves as an amazon best-selling author you <laughs> well, can do that now
0: yeah well that's yeah i uh first i gotta finish this north stars film I've been, <laughs> i mean i really i really bit off a lot with this one i'm almost done with part three and part four is the North stars leaving. So that one's going to be probably just hard mentally for me to get through. But, um, so that's the first priority is getting that out for the end of the summer. I do, you know, like I said, with the first book, I didn't want to write, you know, a second one. Um, I do kind of have one, uh, I'm thinking about working on, but it's more of a collaboration with a, a friend. So I'm not too at Liberty to talk about it. Okay. He would be More the author and I'd be kind of the researcher. Um, but, uh, um, there is something there. Uh, just st- in gotta, the, you know, it's nice to have a depth chart of things to do. And, you know what I mean?
1: So, in the words of the great Canadian philosopher Justin Bieber, "Never say never" is right. is is what you're saying.
0: You know what? This whole project for me has just. I'm I'm just heading into my 25th year of teaching, and for me, it's just been. Fun. It's been a, a release. It's been fun to have this to come home to and, and do little research and go down little rabbit holes and find cool little interesting historical stories. It's more for me just kind of uh, mentally healing. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, I'm open to things uh, at this point, but I, I just kind of let myself go where the inspiration finds it. You know what I mean? Like if I find something I'm, Hey, I, I want to, I don't have to like force myself to do anything. You know what I mean?
1: I do, I do. Again, the book is A Slapshot in Time, The Wild But True History of the Minnesota Fighting Saints. You can find it on Amazon, Dan DanWennesota, at Wennesota on the Twitter machine, joining this 120th edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. Before I uh, let everybody know about my good friends at Beans Coffee Company, and then I hit you up with five filler questions on the way out the door, You've been talking about the North Stars, and one of my greatest pains in life. People, if, if people ask me what team do I dislike the most, it's always the Dallas Stars. I don't like the Green Bay Packers, but I I can kind of tolerate them. And I've said for years, it's mainly because it's it's really tough to despise the Packers when they have just literally thirty years of great quarterback play. And as a Vikings fan, you you, you would love to have that. Mine is more necessarily, not necessarily Packers players, it's Packers fans. Same with same with the Badgers. The Badgers are probably my second least favorite team, okay? If you're a Minnesota kid and you go to Wisconsin, don't ever come back. Dead serious. I'm looking at you Lakeville grads that have done it, too. Don't ever come back. We don't need you. Better dead than red. Okay, but the team that I despise the most is the Dallas Stars. And, and mainly... Two reasons they leave, and then of course they win a Stanley Cup within a handful of years. And I'm not, you know me. I I I put way too much stock into uniforms. The Dallas Stars have desecrated once great uniforms. the 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 Dallas Stars uniforms currently are an absolute abomination and should be should be buried in the deepest parts of the ocean, never to return. It's honestly one of the main reasons why I can't stand Dallas. The uniforms are hideous. They're ugly. How could you take such a great, beautiful uniform like the Minnesota North Stars and do what they've done? It's not even remotely the same green anymore, mind you. That's what drives me crazy. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Who do you despise the most? Are the stars well, up there? First of all,
0: on your desecrating the North Stars jersey, Norm Green actually did that before he left. So let's put that out there. Okay. Okay um, for me personally, I, I can't stand the Packers. Uh, and I gotta be careful here too, because you know, I, I have some North Dakota state ties and our rival is, uh, up in grand forks, but the forwarder of a uh, writer of my book here, a uh, lefty went to UND. So I have to be very careful about what I say about, yeah, be uh, careful there, like uh, North Dakota up there now. So, um, but yeah, I I, I just the, the Packers. I can't stand the smug look on Aaron Rodgers' face every time I see it. Uh God, Packer fans. Mm. Thoughts on yeah.
1: the thoughts on the new Aaron Rodgers tattoo and gal. Any thoughts you want to weigh in with? What's her name? Meta Blue Earth or something? I or? don't know.
0: I don't, gee, good lord, that guy. <laughs> he's a he's a wackadoodle at this point. Yeah, he's, he's got a,
1: he's got a new gal uh, more often than I have a new job i still a, <laughs> take him on the purple, though. I'll say that. If he wants to jump ship, he can come over. Yeah, 2026. 20, 20, it'll probably happen. <laughs> well, we're all busy. We know that. Busy people, you occasionally forget things. Beans Coffee Company, they're about more than just providing fresh, great-tasting coffee. Fresh, great-tasting coffee, in which I just had this past weekend at the Mankato Farmer's Market. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Beans, they're about simplicity and convenience. What could be easier than fresh roasted coffee showing up on your doorstep without ever having to remember to even place an order or go pick some up? There's nothing worse than having to run to the grocery store for a couple things, and one of them is that dreaded coffee run because you're out. Don't let that happen to you. Go to coffeebybeans.com and sign up for a coffee subscription. Subscriptions can be set up for one to eight week intervals and can be customized by your favorite blend. Subscription's not your thing. No big deal. You can purchase by the bag. All orders of three or more bags ship for free in the continental United States. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT. That's promo code SPORTSCHAT when you check out. And save a little extra cash. CoffeeByBeans.com. That is CoffeeByBeans.com. Mr. Minnesota, are you ready for five filler questions?
0: Uh, ready? I don't know. We'll yes, sure.
1: Cheap podcast open. Five fuller, fuller, filler questions. Okay, so our really uh, I would say it's a, a lover's quarrel because I hold you near and dear to my heart. But <laughs> but our only real lover's quarrel has everything to do with your NDSU bison, and I'll say yeah. bison because, I remember now. because here, here in Minnesota, we say bison, but if you go to the Dakota or Dakota's, it's Bison. Okay, correct. So I'm gonna offer up. You know, our lovers' quarrel was I. I basically said when I was in one of my feeling, feeling, you know, jabby mood, step up and play somebody, okay. in, in, in which you fought back, and you should. I expect that. That's your team. So if your Bison join the Big Ten slash twelve slash fourteen slash soon to be sixteen. On average, in a three-year span, so let's just say it's a twelve-game schedule. Not every game is a Big Ten game, but nine or ten would be. How many games are they going to win yearly? I have an I have a number. So let's say they started next year. I have a number that I think they would probably do roughly each year, and I want to see if we're similar.
0: I think they could win seven or eight. I mean, yeah, I think, okay, yep. I mean, I don't I don't think they're the, one of the reasons I don't want them to move up is because. I mean some some Bison fans are a little bit more delusional than me and they think they're going to be competing with Alabama every year and I I tend to not um push it that far I I I think uh there's a lot of teams that they would compete with and you know you you say play competition well nobody will play us anymore and that's that's kind of what I was defending that night no nobody will play them you know because they know it's a lose-lose situation you're you, 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 you beat them. You're supposed to, if, if you lose, it's, it's bad. So um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm a little bit more realistic about it. I like having championships. I'm not a huge fan of the bowl system. Um, and if they are going to move up, I don't want to see them in some sunbelt Thing or conference whatever uh, it would have to be a major conference if for that for it to be uh for me in my opinion
1: my number was six or seven so for you nice. being a bison guy to say seven or eight i i can live with that and and you know what there's I'm realistic a, about it well and here's what i would say about the bite about the bison too there are a lot of minnesota kids that wind up on that roster that were maybe overlooked and yep. I don't have much of a grudge against them. I have a grudge against the good kids that could easily play at the University of Minnesota, make something out of playing at the University of Minnesota. Instead, they would just rather go to Wisconsin or Iowa and be another person in that, we can agree on that. in sure. that long line of success. Number two, question number two in five filler questions. How much more stress free would your life be if you didn't follow sports? I think about that all the time. If I would have been raised to just not like sports and maybe I just like to read all the time and do puzzles, I might actually be a happier person.
0: It's funny you say that. Cause my kid is exactly that way. And I'm not, I'm not forcing him in into it at all, you know, like, uh, uh, cause I don't want him to have that experience, that heartbreak, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but do you remember the, uh, the Greg, uh, Lewis reception?
1: Yes. Well, Brett Favre to Greg Lewis.
0: Yeah. Yep. I passed out. Like <laughs> I got so excited. I stood up too fast and my well, my wife loves to tell this story, but I
1: passed out. And that was just a, re- I mean, it was a big game, but it was a regular season game.
0: And I, you know what? I'm a small, I'm not a small guy and I have high blood pressure, man. You know, that's just, I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's, yeah, again, it this isn't good. What we, especially in this state, what we put ourselves through, it's not good for us. You know, I got, somebody on the Twitter machine was telling me lately, you know, it, they, they did the old, and, and I appreciate the tweet, I really do, but it was just that I've been so negative lately. And I'm like, it's well, realistic. okay, I'm like, well, I, that's what I always say. Sometimes it's realistic, but also, it was about a Twins tweet, and I don't want, I, you know, recency bias, I get it. The Twins have been a 500 team now for almost two months what is really great to be tweeting about a 500 baseball team? Right. You know, so, I mean, that's, I, I don't want, I don't want people to think that I'm negative. I don't want these teams to lose. My God, I want every team to win. I want to win championships. It's, you know, I kind of feel people like I'm. Need
0: to hear positivity all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I get it. And I want, I know you want to keep your hope and I'm not going to try to crap on that or anything, but I'm going to be realistic about it.
1: Yeah. You know, and it, it, this is, this is such a tangent from five filler questions, but. I would tell you this this comes up with a lot of uh, people that I, I'm I'm close with. Let's go back to 97 through now. 97 through now, just in baseball. I'd rather be the Florida Marlins than the Minnesota Twins. I'd rather have two World Series championships since 1997 than to be the twins and have countless playoff appearances that, for lack of a better way of putting it, mean next to nothing since 2002 when you went to the ALCS. I'd rather just never make it to the playoffs, but when you do, you cash in and win the World Series. Win baby, you know, just win baby. Just my, win, dad baby.
0: <laughs> my dad, when you talk to him about it, he'll say, oh, but they won the division this year, and they were in the playoffs that year. And it's like, clearly that's enough for you, but <laughs> I mean, that's not, you know. And, you know so I, sometimes I just think that people just like to watch a ball. People like my dad, they grew yep. up just watching a ball game. They just want to watch a ball game, and I, I get that too.
1: What? This is question number three. What was a young Dan Winnesota doing at Star Party in the day? And what? <laughs> and what do you remember about it? Yeah, you know, what? What? Oh, what, what, ba- what bands were there? Yeah, you know, do you remember? I
0: remember, it was like boy bands. I remember. It was, a, it was 98 Degrees, maybe an uh, instinct. something. Who was the guy that was married to Jessica Simpson? Yeah, that was
1: Nick Lachey, 98 Degrees. Yeah, Nick Lachey, yep. yeah. Yep. They had a,
0: I was, I'm sure I was there with a buddy of mine and some girls we met somewhere or something. Uh, I,
1: I had that 98 Degrees album, and for the life of me, uh, even though when you said something about Star Party a few weeks ago or a few days ago, I went and looked up 98 Degrees songs, and I do remember there were two And now for the that I that you know got some run, and now for the life of me, as we're recording this podcast, I again can't tell you what those two songs were. I can't either. But if I heard them, I could sing them. So, so it wasn't necessarily you're going to pull the old. I didn't necessarily love the music. I love who was at Star Party. That's what you. I'm more
0: eclectic with my musical (laughs) tastes. That was those were my post college
1: years, and you know we
0: hung out a lot downtown, and you know just being single and having fun, and you know. Okay, let's go there. All right.
1: <laughs> so, I got uh, the final two questions are, are kind of they're, they're a part of the same. You and I often are up uh, way too late watching college football in the fall and then you're back up early, you know, just like I am for NFL games. How yeah. much how much sleep do you need a night? Do you do you need more and you just don't get it or are you one of those oh. people that runs on like 5 hours of sleep and you and you feel great about it?
0: I'm a five or six hour guy. Um, and if I get more than that, I'm just as tired. Like I, I you know, I remember telling my some coworkers, it's like, God, I went to bed early last night and I'm still feel awful. You know, um, I'm a terrible sleeper anyways. Cause I got a bad back. I'm giving you like all my health history here. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, five or six hours, you know, and then the, the best part about the summer, though, is you can nap, you know, a teacher being at home in the summer, I get to have a little nap during the day. So.
1: <laughs> How do you, this is a, this is like question four B, what okay. is the best way to nap? Cause I'm, I, I take any nap that's, people have told me you really can't take a nap. That's more than 10 to 15 minutes or you'll feel tired, which I get because that's when your REM kicks in and all that stuff. But then if, if, it, if I'm only taking a 10 minute nap, what's the point? Is right. there is there a perfect like forty five minutes ninety minutes? Is there a perfect nap that I won't wake up and feel like a comatose zombie? Uh,
0: I'm more of a two. I'm kind of old though, right? You know, I'm <laughs> a little bit older than you, Ross. Uh, I I take about a two hour nap and and I feel because I'm going to stay up late anyways, watching TV or you know. So it's like a it's like a mini sleep, you know.
1: Okay, well, what's here's here's the fifth question, your final question then I'll get you out of here. You and I, I'll say. Well, it's you. I, I'm up late. I'm probably having an an adult pop or something. And I'm you sure they don't do those things, Russ. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm sure there's some type of. I'm sure there's some type of snack involved. But what is you know we're you and I from our from a distance, you know miles apart. We're watching San Jose State at Hawaii at twelve thirty in the morning, late Saturday into Sunday. What are you snacking on?
0: Man, so usually on Saturdays, we, my wife and I, we like to call it home gating. So I've usually made something, some sort of soup, some sort of chili, some sort of, oh, uh, you know. It's I'm, the best I'm, part of fall right kind of there. My own horn, but I'm actually a pretty decent cook and I enjoy, I love cooking. Um, uh, uh, but uh, so usually I'm having some leftovers of that probably.
1: I got your next cooking. book, Cooking with Minnesota, <laughs> Game Day Recipes with Dan, Minnesota. <laughs> Chili, yeah, would be good. chili and chili and roast in the falls, in the falls, in the fall. That's yeah. perfect. Like that is yeah. that is the food is as much important to the football as the game itself.
0: And I'm an unhealthy cook. I <laughs> I make good stuff.
1: Well, I always tell people it's not a salad unless it's loaded with cheese, ranch dressing, bacon bits, 100%. croutons. I mean, why? Why would I want to eat a healthy salad? 100%. Dan, this has been a ton of fun. Is there anything I missed about the book and just the best ways for people to learn more about the book or even purchase the book? How do well, people do obviously that?
0: Obviously, the links and everything are on my, my Twitter feed and website. But I do want to mention the uh, release party. We are having a release party on August 20th from noon to 4 at Tom Reed's Hockey City Pub. Whoa. they been gracious to allow us to come in there and uh, uh, let the Fighting Saints take over the, uh, the North Stars bar for the day and um, Lefty's gonna be there and he's trying to get some of the other players there. So we're hoping people will bring their books and get him and Jesse's gonna be there too. Jesse Pierce is gonna be there. So we're hoping people will show and come and say hi and get their books signed and, and celebrate the Fighting Saints.
1: Big time. I think I'm attending the Loon's game that night, so I'll be semi in the area. So I'll have to try and pop over if I can. That
0: would be awesome. It'd be good to say hi.
1: Dan, you're the best, and I I'm glad we got over our lovers quarrel because I think you know by now I didn't mean anything by it, and it was uh it was it's fun to go back it's fun to go back and forth with people on Twitter and not have to block or dislike everybody. Well,
0: as long as you know you're wrong. That's that's the
1: <laughs> All right, and with that, you know, Dan's gotta go. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> Dan, it's been great. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for having me, but I appreciate the opportunity.
1: You can find him on Twitter at Minnesota. again for the final time. The name of that book, A Slapshot in Time, The Wild But True History of the Minnesota Fighting Saints. Just search that in Amazon. And you will be good to go. Speaking of good to go, it's time for me to go. That actually wraps up edition number 120 of Minnesota Sports Chat. Please check out coffeebybeans.com, use that promo code sportschat, and please make sure to rate and review kindly wherever it is that you are listening to Minnesota Sports Chat. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening. We will talk again real soon.